As you read the gospel accounts, upon first reading you discover they are all about Jesus Christ. And they are in harmony in reporting the truth about who he is, what he said, what he did, and what he offers to us. But they are not the same. The emphasis or accent displays variety. Like four reporters who cover the same event, and all four tell the truth, but they emphasize a different part of the story. That's what we discover in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. My subject tonight is the heart of a servant, and I will draw this from the Gospel of Mark. Mark records a number of stories, events, and teachings of Christ in a way different from the other writers. And it seems to me one outstanding feature of Mark is action, and specifically the action of serving. Jesus came fulfilling the prophet's portrayal of him as a suffering servant. He came to serve, and Jesus taught service. Now, the action of serving God and serving people is a result of heart content. So, to study the action of service requires that we consider where that service comes from. Mark's gospel answers. Good service comes from a good heart. Service to God and service to others. I want to take that simple concept and work with that for a few minutes from the Gospel of Mark. I want us to be both informed and determined to make certain we have the heart of a servant. Have your Bible ready in the Gospel of Mark. The first passage I will take us to is found in Mark 4, beginning at verse 14. Let me introduce that with my first point. The heart of a servant begins with the Word of God inside you. Do you recall this parable? Mark gives us the parable and the Lord's explanation, but I want us to listen to this part of it in Mark 4, starting at verse 14. The sower sows the Word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that are sown in the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. 
In the Bible, anytime we read about some good action of service, some virtue or good deed that pleases God, it's always the outcome of a heart where God's Word lives, where God's Word has been received, where God's Word is being kept. Therefore, do not think of serving God and serving others apart from His Word working inside you. So if you admire good service and you want to be a good servant of God and a good servant to others, you'll need to receive God's word in your heart, your mind, and keep it there. When we urge people to read and study the Bible, when we invite people to read and study with us, when you share this content we provide on the website with others on social media, we're encouraging people to have inside them that which produces good service. If I want to be an effective and consistent servant of God and serve my brethren and my family and neighbors, I must have this seed in me that will bear this good fruit. The heart of a good servant is filled with God's word. It has been received there. It's been kept there. Number two, I'll be taking us now to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. The second point, the heart of a servant rejects and expels what is sinful. The heart of a servant rejects and expels what is sinful. I'm in Mark chapter 7 at verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. Now, Look back through the list and please consider these things cannot coexist with spiritually healthy service to God and others. These things cannot coexist with spiritually healthy service to God and others. May I say again, they cannot coexist. Can you be the kind of servant God wants you to be with evil thoughts inside? Guilty of sexual sin, stealing, murder, covetousness, envy, slander, pride. It is clear, isn't it? If I'm going to be a good servant of God, a valuable servant to my family and friends and brethren, co-workers and neighbors, I must not allow these attitudes and behaviors even in small measure an entrance into my heart. These things destroy spiritually healthy service to God and to others. And the heart of a servant recognizes that these things cannot coexist with good service. Number three, I'll be taking us to Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 38. And my third point is serving God and others requires unreserved commitment. Mark 8, 34 to 38. 
And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I think some people would like to be part-time Christians. Maybe one day a week, maybe not all the time every day, yet the Bible knows nothing but full-time, sincerely, wholeheartedly committed daily disciples. Jesus uses words and phrases here in Mark 8 and in other places to communicate to us the fullness of commitment, the unreserved, active trust in him that finds expression in everything we do all the time, reaching into every corner of our lives. If I want to be a servant of God and a spiritually healthy servant of my fellow human beings, commitment and consistency is the key. These are essentials to have the heart of a servant. And remember, God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. Hebrews 6 verse 10. Number four, we continue to talk about these aspects of the heart of a servant. This time, I'm going to Mark chapter 9, 33 to 37. Mark chapter 9, 33 to 37. And my fourth point is, the faithful servant of God isn't concerned about rank or competition that has built into it inordinate pride. Listen to Mark 9, 33 to 37, and they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Serving God and serving others requires humility. In this passage, against humility, there is that inordinate concern and pride to be great, to be number one, to outrank, outdo, to be noticed. All that intrudes upon good service. The heart of a servant requires humble, unpretentious dedication to glorify God, honor Christ, and respond to the needs of others effectively. Then number five, 
the faithful servant of God, the heart of that servant includes generosity. I'm going to Mark 12, 41 to 44. You'll remember this story, I'm sure. Mark 12, Mark chapter 12, 41 to 44. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. If you were to make a list of all the examples of generosity in the Bible, I'm almost certain this would be in your list. Most people would reason that she had every right to excuse herself from this particular discipline, to give nothing due to her poverty. She had no such thought. The heart of a servant doesn't look for ways not to give. She put in everything she had, reminding us of Jesus who gave everything he had on the cross for us. Paul said in Acts 20, 35, in all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, Everything we've studied up to this point from the Gospel of Mark is simple and practical and necessary. I think, however, we cannot talk about the heart of a servant in the Gospel of Mark without emphasis on the servant, God's servant, Jesus Christ. The emphasis on being a servant in the Gospel of Mark is all based on who Jesus is, fulfilling prophecy. Those passages in the Old Testament that point to God's faithful servant who would come from the tribe of Judah and carry out God's plan. The point I want to make is the Bible doesn't just give instructions about how to serve, point one, two, three, four. The Bible doesn't just tell us to serve and warn us of consequences if we don't. The Bible provides instruction based on something. No, I should say, based on someone. The perfect servant, Jesus Christ. Are you still with me in the book of Mark? Listen to Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus came as a servant, the servant, and this says his death was a ransom for many. Jesus had the heart of a servant in the perfect sense, and that heart compelled him to give his life a ransom for many, 
And everything the book of Mark says about the details of being a good servant is based on him. Mark holds up Jesus as the supreme example of a servant, then provides instruction for us, his followers, as to what serving should look like. It begins with the word of God in us. The heart of a servant rejects sin. The heart of a servant requires commitment, avoids pride, and practices generosity. But all that is based on the servant. We have more than just instructions. We have in Jesus, the servant of the Father and the one who served us in his death. The Gospel of Mark associates serving with the servant, Jesus Christ. I think I should never think of service, serving God and serving others. I should never think of service apart from Christ. G. Campbell Morgan said, we have in this gospel the real portrait of that servant. It reveals first the nature of his service, second the law of his service, finally the result of his service. Mark portrays Jesus as the servant. And we are called to follow that example. What should occur to me as I study the life of Christ and as I learn of him, the suffering servant, and as I read how Mark describes the heart of a servant and the actions of a servant? I ask, do I have such a heart? And am I serving God to the full extent of my capacity? Are there ways I could serve? And I know it, but I'm just not doing it. Are we praying to God, asking him to help us discover ways we can serve him better and serve others? Listen to 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 as I close. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen.